Hi guys, and welcome to the Average Pundits Podcast, where we talk all things Premier League. First of all, I would like to say thank you for all the support. Uh, we're in week two now. Um, the first week was uh, hit with so much love and support and feedback that we are going to take forward, constantly improve the podcast, and hopefully make it easier for you guys to listen and enjoy when you're sitting at home lounging or at work listening to this. So first of all, from me and from Joe, we'd like to say thank you very much. So yeah, I am Reese. Yeah, and I am Joe. And yeah, so, again, uh, we're just looking forward to getting more into this, I think. Exactly. So um, Joe, would you like to hit me with uh, this week's week seven uh, in the Premier League's results? First thing I think I'll start with, mate, uh, Liverpool's 1-0 scrape over Sheffield. Yes, indeed. And I, and I use the word scrape. It, was, mean, um, it was a scrape. Uh, it's a weird game. Indeed, uh, you know, we Liverpool should they have won? That's a thing. Um, looking at the stats of the game, yeah, um, we dominated possession. Uh, we had seventy percent of possession. We had far more passes. It reached around seven hundred and eight passes. However, um, the shots ratio is less dominant from us uh, we had 70% of the possession 16 shots but Sheffield United must have hit us on the counter attack so much, so many times Yeah, and they could have scored so Again, much time we were only saying last week the newly promoted clubs in the Premier they're holding their own at the moment and Sheffield, exactly. Sheffield are no exception um, they, um, you know, we, we had a goal in the 70th minute um, but it was a mistake from, from Dean Henderson the goalkeeper yeah. it came under his legs and he just couldn't stop obviously the raw power of yeah. <laughs> Ginny one out of shot I mean, you saw you saw how disappointed Henderson was. I mean, it's a shame. He's Absolutely, a great keeper. Obviously, on loan from Manchester United, great keeper. I think at some point probably be looking to secure that second position at United. I mean, yeah. get, getting in front of De Gea is going to be a tough job. It always is, unless they make room for unless De Gea obviously sees the opportunity to move on in his career yeah. and go to a team like uh, Real Madrid. Um, man of the match of this, uh, Virgil Van Dijk, obviously keeping a clean sheet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's he, any game he's in, he dominates. It's rare that a player will dribble past him during a game, mm. and it, he shows his seventy plus million uh, worth. He's still showing it week in week out. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on from that, Crystal Palace Norwich. So that was yes. a two 0 win again from Palace, and they've been in a really run of good form at the moment. Indeed, Palace. Crystal Palace. Uh, they carry on their unbeaten run. Yeah. Um, which obviously. That's big for Crystal Palace, especially with Aaron Wan-Bissaka leaving and also rumours of Wilfred Zaha being unhappy and wanting to take the next step up mm. to uh, to further his career. I mean, he's hitting that point where he's about to hit his peak. Yeah. So he needs to move on from a club like Crystal Palace unless he is willing to drag this team. Stay and become that kind of club And become hero. the Leicester of the, uh, of, of the league that you know they won so yeah. um obviously Milijovic with the with the goal on the 21st penalty it was uh, it was a very nice penalty as well yeah. uh, to, you know just stick it right right in the top corner well taken and uh and then Andrus Townsend in the late dying minutes of the game uh just putting the game to bed really yeah it? it was a nice strike and uh, obviously the man of the match being Milijovic uh, yeah. So uh, still a good player, Townsend. I mean, on his day, he can come in, he can get a job done. Absolutely, yes. Uh, he is. Uh, he's a very quick player. He's got a very good shot. I think um, a lot. He's 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 forgotten amongst this Crystal Palace team sometimes, but mm. um, there are a few games where he really does show his worth. Yeah, definitely. 
So moving on to uh, Aston Villa Burnley, another Claret Clar- and Blue derby. Yes, indeed. The um, two teams that got me confused last week. Again, yeah. <laughs> uh, a 2-2 draw against two clubs again, which have been in, 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 drifting in and form. out of pretty good form. Yes. Um, obviously, you've got John McGinn, who continues to score and continues to keep up his form. Yeah. And also, uh, yeah, Chris Wood. He con- continues to, to rise his stock as well. Uh, El Ghazi also getting that uh, really nice uh, finishing touch yeah. on that first goal. Um, I mean, ending with Villa being the more, I'd say, the more dominant side in terms of possession. Yes, yeah, they did. They they dominated the game a bit more. Um, but Burnley, obviously, in the build up to their first goal, they had a. I, I think it, it looked like what they were try, uh, Villa were trying to draw a foul um, and get a free kick, but obviously that wasn't enough to sway the referee. And Rodriguez got the header. Mm. So. Um, and then Chris Wood coming at the uh, at the end to save Burnley uh, and, and draw a point from from Villa. It's uh, good to see. I mean, I mean, it's it's been hard to deny. I mean, there have been some really good games early on in the yes. Premier League. Hopefully, I mean, this season's going to be a bit of a few twists and turns later down the line. Uh, going to another two-two draw. You've got uh, Bournemouth and West Ham. Yes, Bournemouth and West Ham. They uh, both of these teams have uh, have also come into a bit of form, haven't they? Yeah, both. Um, Bournemouth being uh, in eighth place right now, and also West Ham being in fifth, uh, they obviously they must think that they can push on yeah. in this table. Um, Yarmolenko coming in early and scoring the uh, finesse with his left foot. And continuing that form again, obviously yeah. had the goal against uh, Man United the week before, and exactly. then uh, same with Aaron Cresswell again. Cresswell, yeah, same goal scorers. Uh, these two have have been firing on all cylinders for West Ham, and hopefully they uh, can keep this going along with you know players like Allaire, um uh, and Fredericks, yeah, uh, Declan Rice, um, and on and the other four nails. On the other side, over at Bournemouth, you had goal scorers in Josh King in the seventeenth, and then Wilson just after the half yeah. time. Um, what I would say, I mean, with Josh King, I mean, an ex United player again, really good to see him continuing, you know, good form in the Prem. Mm-hmm. I think King and Wilson, I mean, for a long time, I mean, I think a bit of respect needs to be put on their yeah. name, really. I mean. Both of them are really good Premier League strikers. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, Callum Wilson, especially, they like because they're so because English talents. Uh, obviously, they're not going to get overshined by the likes of Sterling and Kane in the yeah. Premier League. Uh, I think if they were from a different country, I reckon they would have a lot more. Like Timmy Puki. Yeah. I reckon they would have a lot more recognition to be like, oh, these guys from I don't know, Spain or yeah. Portugal. Yeah. Uh, they would be. Put up, you know, highly. Put higher on the pedestal, maybe. Definitely. Um, going on again, you've got Wolves beating Watford two 0 Yes, uh, Wolves have started to pick up their uh, their their good form. Yeah. Uh, finally, it's finally kind of reemerged themselves. But but again, in terms of possession, they were they had they had less possession. Oh yeah, Watford dominated the game. But obviously, they lose by two. I, it's unfortunate. Obviously, um, Doherty came in. Um, and scored the opener. Yeah. And it didn't it took until the sixty first for Wolves to just get an own goal. So Darry Matt. Yeah, Jan Matt coming in and, and and it deflecting. So uh yeah, uh, Watford had had the game. Um it just shows with because um, Wolves had twenty seven clearances. Yeah. They had to clear the ball twenty seven times from their half. They're an extremely unpredictable team. I mean it, again a lot of people say, I mean, against the top six they always they always turn up against yeah. the lower teams. That's where they struggle. But uh, I guess I guess this was their week. I mean, they had to deflect fourteen shots uh, from the Watford strikers mm. of uh, 
uh, uh, Andre Gray. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, shall we hit the next game? Yeah, moving on. Tottenham Southampton, a two-one win yeah. for Tottenham again. Not the best outing a, uh, from Tottenham again. A ten-man Spurs claw back against uh, against Southampton. Uh, yeah. Larice making the mistake for Danny Ings' goal after Indombele put them one 0 up. Yeah. Um, then you got Danny Ings. Uh, Larice was trying to do too much with the ball. He he has a tendency to do that sometimes. He did that. He did it in the World Cup. Yeah. Didn't he? With for uh, for what for for the only goal of the opposition. Yeah. For Croatia, um, he was the mistake for that goal. And again, it almost cost Tottenham um, this game. Other well, I mean, if it wasn't for for Harry Kane, they might have well have. It might have been a draw. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, they finished on less possession. Uh, Southampton having fifty nine percent. Tottenham averaging around forty one percent possession. Tottenham were on the back foot the entire game. Less shots as well. Um, but obviously, man of the, uh, man of the match. Sorry, uh, being uh, Harry Kane. Yeah. And uh, yeah. The Serge Aurier red card as well. I mean, it's a shame. I mean, I I, I personally think he's a good right back. I th- I what? feel like sometimes he just has a tendency to Does lose he, his head a bit. There's a debate. Uh, do you think the ball went out of play? I, 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 looking back, I don't think it would have been because the linesman was looking up the touchline. Yeah. I don't think his focus would have been anywhere else. Uh, I think I'd, the red I'd, card should have stood because it was it was a yellow card, and if Aurier yeah. didn't get that previous yellow card, he would not have been sent off. It was it was a real kind of like nail biting moment, but I I, I think I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, moving away from Tottenham, Southampton, uh, a win for Chelsea, nice little 2-0 win yes, against Brighton. Uh, Mason Mount showing uh, his worth again. He continues to impress uh, Chelsea. Mm. Uh, just oh, I mean, Chelsea fans, it's really hard to win over those Chelsea fans uh, if you're not bought in for £50 million Yeah, and there's a lot of hype around you. Um, I'm guessing there would have been a bit of hype from last season being a derby under Frank Lampard. Yeah. Um, and Mason Mount, he continues to to shine and show his worth. Um, so Jorginho were... getting getting the uh, goal in the fiftieth minute with a penalty. So I remember that it's interesting that he took the penalty because I remember Lampard saying, I don't know if it was the week week or the week before, saying that Ross Barkley was the penalty taker. I, I don't know. I, I I've always seen Jorginho as a penalty taker. I I've seen Jorginho as well because remember Ross Barkley stepped up and obviously Ross Barkley missed the penalty. Yes, and then. I remember Frank at the end of the game saying we 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 trust Ross Ross as a penalty taker and then company C Jorginho there maybe a bit of a bit of trouble in paradise maybe. Um, but yeah, and then Willian uh, scoring in the seventy sixth minute yeah, uh, to seal the brace for for Chelsea. Just putting the game to bed there. Um, going on to Manchester City, a three one win over Everton. Yes, and again looked fa- look looked fairly comfortable again. That goal from Calvert Lewin just disrupting that, but it looked like a typical Man City. I mean, again. it was going to be Seamus Coleman until Calvert Lewin uh, yeah. ensured it went in. But um, yeah, Manchester City continued to dominate. I mean, they could have had more. They genuinely could have had more. They had twenty shots, uh, roughly sixty three percent possession on the game, and. Edison as well having an absolutely class game he made yeah. three world class saves in this game alone um, as well as uh, Sterling he missed uh, he missed that that sitter I'd probably say right now Edison probably second best keeper in the league behind Allison. I'd yes. say at the moment 100% uh, I'd say it's Allison, then you've got Edison in second and um, you probably have to 
I, maybe I think David De Gea. I'd give it to De Gea and then De Gea or Lloris, and then they're kind of both of them there at the moment. But yeah. both keepers needing a bit of a step up right yes. now. Um, then going on, uh, just quickly talking about Monday's result, um, Manchester United Arsenal one all. I went to go. Um, I, w- I went to go watch this game with a few friends, and my God, what a goal from Scott McTominay! Uh, what a I'll goal! Allow you to talk about this in length. Oh, mate! Oh. It was absolutely amazing to see. I mean, I I do think McTominay is a really good player. I think if he had the players around him to p- progress him and, and have the natural talent around him, obviously Pog Pogba looked really lively in that game. Uh, it's just it was a straight kind of fifty fifty. I mean, we had some players who just looked like they were up to the crack, and we had some players who just didn't look like they were um didn't look like they were just cutting it about in that game. Um, but then, obviously, Pierre America Bamiang doing what he does best. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he's too quick for the offside trap that Maguire was trying to set. Just too fast. Uh, he 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 was brilliant this game. What, what was that linesman thinking? I mean, I mean, to, honestly, I mean, when they first called it, I mean, I was initially was thinking, yeah, oh yeah. I think, I think a lot of people watching the game was like, okay, that's offside. But then you you saw the replays, and it yes. was it was just evidently clear. Yeah, the linesman was was way out of position for for the call. He was obviously diagonal to Maguire at the time. Yeah. And then obviously Abamyang looked offside to him. Maybe I mean, uh, he had to just make a, a split second call, which yeah. they took to VAR. I mean, the arguments about VAR, VAR being being good, VAR being bad, but I mean, yeah. if it wasn't there in that situation, I mean, you would have had a lot of unhappy Arsenal absolutely. fans. Absolutely, absolutely. Arsenal fan, Arsenal fan TV would have been livid. It would have been a, a very uh, good watch. It would have been a, a, a very entertaining for for to to see the livid Arsenal fans. Again, in that game as well, couldn't help but notice the. I have to say, poor performance from Pepe. Yeah, Pepe is continues to underperform as a player. Um, not quite showing his price tag at the minute. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming that's just the adapting to the way that the Premier League is. Yeah. He's come from a league that's not very um, dominant by many teams and is not as unpredictable. Yeah. It's again. It's 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 a weird kind of predicament he finds himself in. But as the results roll on, the only goal coming from that penalty, it's just it's it's looking a bit worrying for him. I mean, on Absolutely, the other yeah. on the other on the opposition, obviously, again you had struggling with Rashford I mean the, I said it last week mate the goals I just don't see where they're coming from right now yeah no uh, um, other than Aubameyang um, the, they don't really have an out and out goal scorer that can step up uh, obviously Pepe is still uh, adapting to the Premier League um, obviously not quite adapting as quickly as say a Fabinho did um, obviously two different positions so it's quite easy to to see why both coming from the same league as well. Yeah. But uh, Pepe is is still one of those players that still has room to grow and time to flourish under this uh, under the great you know the great manager of yeah. you know, Unai Emery. He's, he's he's a fantastic manager and I'm sure that Pepe's form will soon uh, just shoot up. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the, as weeks uh, as weeks come on. Uh, moving on to the last game to talk about, which is uh, the team that we're going to be talking about in great length, was Leicester's 5-0 win over Newcastle. So we, we were interested in, in this result, so we wanted to talk a bit more in depth about Leicester today. But in all in all, Reese, what a game. Uh, yeah, uh, Leicester ran roughshod over Newcastle United, which uh, did not do well for my predictions. I, I mean, I predicted five goals. Mm. I just thought it'd be split yeah um Pereira opening the uh opening the scoring um and then from there Newcastle just they just couldn't crumbled. get the ball out of the half uh I mean they didn't have a sh- single shot on target 
It's not good, is it? No. Um, uh, 68% possession towards Leicester. Yeah, a Vardy double in the 54th and yeah. then the 64th. But then also, I mean, in the 57th minute, you had the Paul Dummett own goal. Own goal, yeah. Just kind of set the set the kind of pace As of the game. As a defender, it happens. You know, you c- it's a deflection of sorts. You're yeah. trying to stop the ball. Uh, it just obviously wasn't the day for Paul Dummett. And then you, uh, you got Ndidi. Uh, with the uh, 90th minute goal, I genuinely believe that Wilfred Ndidi is a world class player. I, I I think he is excellent. He is fantastic. He's a he's a great player. Um, he can run the pitch for days. Um, he's like he's like uh, an Angolo Kante esque player. He loves doing the dirty work of the of the Leicester side, and also loves getting up and, and scoring a few goals now and again. Yeah. Uh, he did it against uh, against Wolves last season. Yeah. Um, just yeah. an absolute work- workhorse, man. And, um, yeah, so Le- Leicester had five shots on target, and five nil it was. So they, 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 the the shots that it just shows if you put the, put the ball on target, it's gonna go in. Yeah, <laughs> some Michael Owen comment right Thank there. Thank you. Uh, in, in the forty third minute as well, that that red card from Isaac yeah, Hayden. Hayden. That, uh, that was again. Just not the best. I mean, I, 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 that again, a red card can set so much of the tone for the rest of the game. Absolutely, I think that uh, that red card was at the start of the downfall. Yeah, by that, the, that, by that point, team. already one nil down. So I mean, it was just going to be a, a, a slow decline from Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, those are this week's uh, this week's results. Um, this week, the hype train. We've just pulled into the station, and uh, we have four new players. To uh to offer for you all by uh all by some last week's listeners, uh so the first player that is going to be uh, mentioned, uh we're going to split this up a little bit because there's three players from the exact same team and it's probably going to go in the exact same category. Mm. Uh so one, the first one is Mason Greenwood. Um, let's just say prospect now it's, because it, he's it, too young to. He's he's young right now. I mean, he, it's his 18th birthday today. Yeah. So happy birthday, Mason Greenwood. Um, again, I I feel like recently seeing seeing these constant Premier League outings for him, it's been great to see. Worrying in 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 the long term for United that Heat were relying on him so early. I mean, we did it with Rashford a while ago, so you never know. But um, it's just forces, good to see. Forces him to be put into that limelight for him to mature. Exactly. I yeah. mean, maybe that was the wrong thing for Rashford to be to to have done happened to him. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously look at him now, he's not flourishing as well and he's been affected by constant managerial changes. Definitely. Um where if if that happens to Greenwood, uh and a new manager comes in, uh would Greenwood get the exact same amount of game time? I'm not sure. It's interesting you say I mean it, it's worrying. I mean obviously Ollie's put put some trust in him. Yeah, which absolutely. is I mean you 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 do really love to see it but it's 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 a, it's a worry. I mean, it, like you mentioned, the constant managerial changes. I'm scared the next person to come in with a whole new philosophy and a whole new method of playing football. We've had so many of these, and it's just running the players ragged. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, the players aren't without their own faults as well. But I mean, the constant changes it just does make it a bit of an uphill battle. Yeah. But I I think we can both confidently agree he's definitely in the prospect yeah. category. Yeah. Uh, I think to be fair. It, Talking about prospects, I think we'll just link both of these players together and have a have a discussion on both of these players, Angel Gomez and yeah. uh, Tahith Chong. Yeah, again, two both really young, two players. Again, all, all three of these coming up through the United Academy. 
which I mean again really good to see Every, everyone likes to see some like kind of like homegrown academy yeah. talent being, being, being put through uh, Gomez and uh, Greenwood both English players Chong uh, representing the Netherlands at international level um, and again you, seeing them week in week out on the bench coming off getting, getting the odd few minutes it is really good to see I'd say for United's sake I mean I don't know if it's a bit of a smokescreen in the fact that we have nothing else so we are using our academy prospects a lot more I'd say these two or these three prospects maybe there is a different branching class between two of them compared to Chong mm. um, obviously Angel and Mason Greenwood I believe have a higher ceiling than Tahith okay but uh, obviously Chong can prove us wrong and um hit that heights that he's bound to hit but I'd say I mean from what I've seen of them I I think I'd say Gomez and Chong I think in my opinion I think they're at quite a similar level yeah um, Chong obviously predominantly gone out on that right wing absolutely then, um, moving around the pitch you know very quick you know very technical I feel like he's um, not as kind of physical a player as I think he, he, he could be I feel like that's something which will progress with his game and just kind of like more outings Possibly a low move may be the best thing for him right now. Um, yeah. I would say Greenwood is going to remain a staple in, in the United team for the foreseeable for now, um, unless obviously more players get bought in in January, which again is a huge question mark. But um, for Greenwood and Greenwood, Gomez and Chong, I mean, all without a doubt prospects. Yeah, without absolutely. a doubt. Um, and then uh, the last player that we have uh, is Jordan Henderson. Ah, Jordan Henderson. Now, I love Jordan Henderson. For a long time, I didn't, because I always thought, what does Henderson do? And then, um, I know you've said before that one of your your mates has said this, and you actually have to watch him individually in yeah. the games to see what he does. I've got, I've got a lot of Liverpool friends who do like to uh, like to point that out whenever I make a Henderson comment. I he mean, is, he's a good player. Um, he does a lot for the team. He's more of a backstage leader than an on-the-pitch commanding midfielder. I think out of anyone in the midfield three, Henderson's the easiest one to replace, but he's the easiest one to put on the bench and help Jurgen Klopp with these young players that are coming in and to nurture them with James Milner. I would agree with that. I mean, I, I have no doubt in my mind that he is a great character to have around. Absolutely. I think I feel like his, his dedication to the team, you'd have to be an idiot not to look and see that this man is dedicated absolutely I mean, you see the passion he emits you see him lifting that Champions League trophy which is so hard to watch but you um, uh, you, you see the passion he emits and, and I have no doubt in my mind that he is genuinely like a really good figurehead around that Liverpool kind of dressing room absolutely yeah um, you me you mentioned him being the most re most replaceable I, I would have to agree there I feel like the, the overall standard of the Liverpool team it gets progressively and progressively more difficult not to call a lot of those players world class absolutely yeah I mean, obviously, obviously the fullbacks brilliant. Van Dijk goes without saying, currently the best defender in the world. Yeah. Allison had an absolute blinder last season. A great goalkeeper, obviously out injured right now, but still an amazing keeper. Front three, front front three against goes without saying. Fabinho, Fabinho, uh, Ginny Wijnaldum. Yeah, Ginny Wijnaldum uh, comes in does a good this job. week. Um, I reckon if Naby Keita gets into his form, potentially uh, can come in and and do do a shift but yeah. um, I'm guessing he still has some growing and some so, some demons to overcome personally what I mean what I would say is that in my opinion the Liverpool captain is Van Dijk it just is I I, th yeah. I feel like he 
I know he he's, he's only still fairly recent to the team. Everyone forgets. I mean, he's playing like he's been part of that team for years. Yes. He gelled in so well. But, I mean, he's still a new, a, a relatively newish player to the team. But the commanding presence, I mean, he, he barks an order. I mean, you'd have to be silly not to follow it. Yeah, exactly. He is a and, natural born leader. And although, I mean, although Henderson is, just, again, like you said, a great character to have around, I personally feel like to take Liverpool to that next level. I feel like if Henderson was replaced and Van Dijk was made the captain, I feel like then you would become a European superpower Absolutely. dominant, just dominant a ridiculous team. Yeah. But I mean, all in all, I mean, I, I personally, I would put Henderson in in the average category. I, it, I'm not gonna like obviously rinse the player. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna go into too 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 much. But I, I feel like he's an average player I... personally. I hate to do this, but I'm probably gonna because obviously, with the with the lack of carriages available, mm. uh, I would probably have to say that absolutely, yeah, I I I can't quite put him in the world class yeah. section, especially as we have Leroy Sane in there right now. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, Jordan, you're gonna have to go in the in the average, but uh, as a Liverpool fan. I love everything that he does. He's a class player. He runs around. He puts his body on the line for the ball. Mm. Um, but I mean, yeah, he's a he's a Champions League lifting tro- uh, captain. Yeah, you can't deny him that he is. He is that. Uh, he's he's amongst legends um, of of football. So, yeah. um, but again, he's he's not at the age where he can be called world class. I don't think. I think he's he's slightly getting on, and also yeah, I just I, I just don't think he's going to progress to full. I think what we're seeing now, I think, is Jordan Henderson. It's his, it's, it's his best. It's fine, but I mean, for me, it's, it is it isn't good enough for that no. Liverpool team. Absolutely, but yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this week's uh, edition of the Hype Train, and uh, please do um, fill in with your suggestions for next week's Hype Train, week three, potentially a very big week for the average pundits mm. um we will continue to plan and also maybe a guest who knows who knows so joe i think it's time for the big topic yeah we'll talk a little bit more about leicester city i mean obviously i mean every week you look for these big results and it's going to be the most talked about game i mean you had man united arsenal which obviously had had the potential of being amazing but unfortunately just didn't hit that top notch so leicester city is what we want to talk about a little bit today all in all leicester leicester city i mean on on their progression into the premier league and what they have done since then it, it's it's been a, a wild ride for leicester obviously a club which has gone through an awful lot winning the league absolutely um obviously the uh, again the tragedy of losing um club owner vichai yeah. obviously in in uh, in, so in, in the disaster but I mean, the, the, you saw how the, the city united over the, the the highs and the lows. It's 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 a club which has an awful lot of backing behind it. So I mean, all all in all, I mean, any Leicester fans out there, um, we love to hear your opinion on on the direction of your club as well. So please always feel free to to, to let us know on our social media platforms. Mm-hmm. But um, again, going through, um, I want to quick just briefly talk about last season for them. At 38 matches played, 15 wins, 16 losses, and the rest making up the draws. I mean, not a bad season. No, no, them. not not at all. I um, mean, some 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 good outings. Obviously, just looking to shore up uh, those numbers and just limiting down on those losses. Yeah, 
Um, a lot. I mean, fifty-one goals scored and forty-eight conceded. I mean, fairly. You know, it's an average uh, sort of you know per game. Yeah. Uh, conceding and uh, I mean the goal difference at the end of the year. Yeah. Um. But I mean, what what the direction I think they're going in right now? I mean, they've got an elite manager at the helm, and I'm, he is an elite manager. He is he is brilliant. I mean, people forget what he did at Liverpool. I mean, obviously there wasn't that that end product there wasn't that trophy no no which again yeah. is i mean after a while i mean it's the same kind of argument we're having with a lot of clubs at the moment especially tottenham which again in weeks to come we'll go into a little bit more detail absolutely yeah. you can do amazing things at a club and be an like with Pochettino, be an amazing manager but at the end of the day if those trophies don't start rolling in questions are going to get asked yes I because mean, it, i mean it's no longer the, i mean i mean you you can hide behind small mid-sized large club status but the trophies have got to roll in. Um, for Leicester, I feel like at the moment they're teetering. They're just obviously outside the top six. Yes. But they're knocking on the door. I mean, chasing those those Uniteds, those Arsenal's, Chelsea's. They're really just they're, banging on the door right Leicester now. Leicester are part of like a, an elite group. Well, not an elite group, but like a group of teams that aren't quite there yet, but have the money, have the build, the youth to potentially just storm forward. Yeah. I mean, they they have done that. They they have stormed forward and they won the Premier League with Riyad Mahrez, with Jamie Vardy, Shinji Okazaki, and Golo Kante. Uh, all of those, all these players that uh, Mark Albrighton is a Premier League winner. Yeah, he is. Let's just, let's run through that. Yeah. Um, it's it, it was a fantastic season, uh, for all Leicester. Fans. I mean, all fans that weren't Manchester City fans. Yeah. Um, it was just great. To it, it was, was brilliant. It, I loved seeing them win. It's the fairy tale story, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. I mean, amazing stuff. Um, and they are, they can do it again. I think they can. It's just if they invest correctly. It's it's like Wolves. It's like Aston Villa. Because I think Aston Villa have the talent. They just need a few more missing pieces. I feel like, I mean, obviously, I mean, again, that legendary se- season. The season after that, Leicester actually finished 12th. Then yeah, going they dropped on, right back down again. Going on again, finishing 9th. Then going on a further again, finishing 9th again. At the moment, they currently sit third in the league. I mean, obviously, extremely early days. Obviously, it's really too, too, way too close to predict anything. Yeah, uh, I mean, they they have four wins uh, from seven. Um, they are a couple points off the top. Obviously, um, thirteen goals scored. Seven seven points off the top. They have scored. Yeah, they have scored way more. They've, they've scored over double what they've conceded. Yeah. Um, which is good. Uh, they have an average of almost two goals per game. Um, obviously, probably more coming from this Newcastle. It's still early door. Or it's still early d- days yeah. for this team. Um, I think. I don't think they will finish inside the top four this year. But I do see them being in Europe next year. I I think they've got a Europa League spot in them. Yeah. I, I really do. Uh, I think they have the spot. I thought Wolves were going to get this year. Mm. Um, just seems where Wolves didn't hit the ground running Leicester seized it yeah Leicester have jumped on this with their new summer signings obviously they brought in um, Tillemans who has been the commanding person in that in that Leicester side he yeah. is a brilliant player obviously they're having him on loan last season and then just securing that deal yep. again it extremely frustrating to see I mean every big club must have just kind of had them must have had their eyes closed absolutely yeah I mean uh, what a player he's he's absolutely fantastic uh, I mean um, I've always seen him as a very big 
potential player from Monaco and he just continues to grow and mature yeah. in his central midfield position and that is something that you definitely want to see from a central midfielder. He was he was turning heads back when he was at Anderlecht. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He, he was yeah. turning a lot of heads. I mean but I mean Monaco again saw the opportunity no one else did, signed him and Leicester have done the same thing again. Yeah, exactly. They've I mean, seized the opportunity and they brought in a very young but mature player. I mean, I look at that Leicester team and I see so many players which, again, I hate to admit, but are just way better than the stuff I have at my club currently. Yes. Um, yeah. And there are just a lot of players in there which I would quite happily take. I mean, obviously, the the jewel in the crown from last season, which we did manage to get our hands on, was Harry Maguire. Absolutely. And again, I'm very happy with the appointment. I feel like it, it's difficult right now. He needs the players around him at United. But fair play to Leicester. I mean, they... They're looking okay without him right now. Exactly, yeah. They they don't actually really need him because they have players that are stepping up. Um, they have uh, they brought in uh, Johnny Evans. Yeah, they yeah J- Johnny Evans. Obviously, he's been at the club for for quite a while now. But um, I mean, nothing wrong with Johnny Evans. I mean, he's, he's a perfectly a good centre back that I really do not want to try and pronounce the name of. I know, I know, who, I know who you're thinking of. Uh, but he he also has stepped up this season, and he has been. It's a Soyunku, isn't it? Yeah. If that's his name, please. <laughs> I'm not going to try and pronounce his but name. He, he really is. Bad. He is looking like a really good player. Yeah. He, all he needed was the the departure of Maguire and, and a chance to shine. Yeah. To actually be a staple in this Leicester side. Sometimes that's what you need. You need, you need the big departure to kind exactly. of show else you got. Um. I mean, you've got other players that have also stepped up. James Madison has become an a, an unreal player, as we mentioned last yeah. week. Uh, he's he's incredible. He's coming a household name, really. I mean, every every week in week out, he's getting mentioned. Won't be long before we start seeing a regular Madison spots in the England squad. I can't lie. One hundred percent. He is an absolutely fantastic player. Uh, him and um, Tillemans in the middle. Yeah, just, uh, absolutely fantastic. I mean, you are looking at this of, at Leicester as well. Obviously, it, it took eighty million, roughly around eighty million, to get Maguire out of Leicester. Yes. I'm looking at all these, some of these other players. I mean, what, what what's it going to take to get Tielemans, Madison, uh, Wilfred, and Didi to get to get out of this club? I mean, it, it's going to it's going to take up up sixty plus million for most yeah. of these players. I mean, they they're all young as well. Yeah, you got Tielemans who's twenty two, and he is all he came for for forty million. Yeah, by the time he's twenty five, by the time he's you know he's ready to be that world class player. He's gonna be, I don't know, sixty, seventy, maybe eighty million. It's interesting to see with Leicester because I mean they're in a position right now where they're a club which they they do not need to sell. No, no, they are not. You look at historic selling clubs in the past. I mean a lot of talent um, back in the day coming through the Southampton ranks. Yeah. But um, when obviously when when the offers came in, Southampton were more than willing to sell for the right price. But right now, I mean, Leicester City. I mean, you saw they they were obviously reluctant to sell Maguire, but they wanted to make sure they got a good price for him, and they did. I mean, they did get a good price for him. So mm-hmm. right now, it is a brilliant position for a club to be in, especially of, of Leicester's kind of size and calibre. Because I mean, if they're not, in, if they don't have to sell players, I mean, all they can do is improve. Absolutely, uh, and with the young side that they have, um, instead of selling, and they can rebuild for a season and also contend. Just keep nurturing the talent. Yeah, because with the departure of players like Ingolo Kante, Riyad Mahrez. And soon, potentially, Jamie Vardy, they have to create this new wave of players. 
I don't know about volume. I, th- I think he's he probably is going to stay. I reckon. I, I mean, think he's getting on. I do actually think Jamie Vardy within the next three or four years will be at Sheffield United. Uh, that would that would be a very poetic end. Yeah, because very he's a lifelong Sheffield United fan. Uh, he's a Sheffield boy. Um, I think he wants to end his career for the team that he grew up supporting, uh, yeah. rather than the team that can win him the most trophies. Uh, I think he's that type of player. Would be good again. Would be good to see. He, he does. He does uh, come he, across quite a sentimental. He's kind of he's kind of hitting the apex at the minute. Yeah. Um, to the point where he's about to dip off. I mean, he's still quick. Vardy's yeah. still got very very quick legs, um, but there's only a matter of time before he starts slowing down. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the signing of Iosi Perez? I thought it was a weird one at the time. I, I again, I'm, especially I'm, for thirty million. I'm struggling to put my finger on it and kind of see where I what I feel. Um, but I think it's more of a they saw Newcastle as someone who was about to get. Well, the rumours were they were about to get taken over. Mm. So get the good players out of Newcastle while you can and I know that a lot of clubs were trying to go for LaSalle yeah. they were trying to go for Yoise Perez um, obviously the takeover didn't happen and now Newcastle are left with no striker Yeah. Uh, well I mean they got Yolington but they got, obviously yeah, they say, I mean they, the big, big money sign with Yolington but I mean again it'll take a bit of time for him to fully fully kind of yeah. find his legs but I mean Perez I mean a Premier League experienced striker you know he's been, been knocking around the Premier League for a while now uh, 26 years old so I mean uh, for a long time I feel like again he he was a young player for for, for for quite a while he had that young player status so it kind of was a bit like oh mm-hmm. okay we'll see what the young player is going to do yeah. this week see what he's going to do this week but now hitting kind of his his, his kind of peak years going into like his, his, his the, the, the kind of highlights of his career I feel like it was just a weird move for Leicester I mean personally without without being too obviously too harsh now, I, I, I don't rate him particularly highly I feel no. like Leicester could have done a lot, a lot better with the signing. He's um, he's he's not bad, but um, I mean he's made six appearances, and seventy percent of those appearances have been in the starting eleven. Um, he's scored no goals, he's got no assists, mm. no goal contributions whatsoever, and it's really strange to see why they made this move and why they continue to play him. Because I mean, Vardy's scoring. Vardy I mean, is the one scoring, yes. Is, is a thirty million for a backup striker warranted? I mean, for a club of Leicester's size. I mean, obviously, like we said, a club teetering yeah. on. I mean, they've got the money, they've got talent in there, but thirty million for your backup striker? I don't know. It's. I don't think it's completely worth it to be honest. Yeah. Um, you get a player like Perez in when you've already got Vardy up front. Uh, obviously, you need another player. Obviously, if Jamie Vardy does move on, but then invest it in a younger. More brighter player, maybe like a Briel and Bolo, yeah, or um, someone that can that can help them grow. I feel like I un- I understood the signs behind it. I feel I mean you, you look at him, you think like oh, Premier League proven player at a club which you're probably in a position quite willing to sell. I yeah. mean a, a lot of the, the the stuff made sense, but I just again it's just it's just not a, a signing which I particularly rated yeah. the attacking the attacking of Leicester City obviously is always a threat I mean, yeah uh, every time we uh, Liverpool go up against Leicester I actually do fear Jamie Vardy he he does score a lot of goals he can get behind our defence and he's proven that on time and time again yeah um, you've also yeah Damari Gray young player got a lot of promise um, I mean even standard players like Mark Albrighton they come they come and do a job don't they yeah um 
and then they got um, they got Pratt as well. Yeah, Den- Den- Dennis Pratt. They signed him again from Anderlecht, um, linking up with former teammate Tielemans and international teammate. Yeah. Again, no, no, a good a good midfield player. I mean, a, a lot of um, a lot of hype was 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 kind of mentioned around when they were signing him. I remember um, it was it was deadline day. They yes. they picked him up on, and it was it there were a lot of rumors going about it. All, all the all the journalists kind of going crazy. I mean, yeah. for, uh, uh, Fabrizio on 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 Twitter. I remember was active that day, kind of like putting all of his um, kind of feelers out. But it, the, the move was confirmed. An interesting sign-in again. It just only bolsters Leicester's midfield. It only makes them better. Absolutely. I think it was a, like twenty, twenty-five million. So I mean, for for, for a, a player who's been yeah. performing at quite a high level in the Belgian league for a while, I mean, fair, why not? Um, and then also, I mean, backup strikers. They have uh, Kaleci and Acha. They do have Kaleci and Acha. Who I, mean, I think has been a forgotten player in all of this. He's um. I was gonna say, you you could you could forget he's still there. Yep. I mean, he's not made the impact that everyone thought he would. At Manchester City, he was looking like such. I couldn't believe when Manchester City sold him. Couldn't believe it. I mean, obviously Gabriel Jesus came into the club, but I I could not believe it. Because I mean, there's just this this great young player. I mean, you just kind of letting go. I thought Leicester had a steal. Yeah, I mean, um, he was swooped up by Manchester by by Leicester. Yeah. um, Because obviously he was. He was doomed to to stay at Man City. He mm. wasn't Man City player. Um, he's tall. He's got a bit of speed, uh, and obviously Man City strikers. They've been, you know, the Jesuses, your Agueros, and potentially even like a Sterling, yeah, uh, or a Sane, like a small, quick player. Small, quick, physical, good on the ball. And Ian actually obviously came, went to went to Leicester to try and prove himself, to prove that he is that caliber player that he deserves a top team to come for him. And he didn't really, you know, prove anyone, you know, yeah. that that he meant business. Well, I mean, as we mentioned before, I mean, right now Leicester as a club in general are knocking on that door of of, of finishing within the the top uh, the top four yes. top six. So I'd say, oh, it genuinely wouldn't surprise me to see Leicester even finish higher than than Manchester United, maybe Arsenal. I mean, is it'll be a very interesting season. It'll be a, a club which, yeah. without a doubt, you need to keep your eyes on because again, a club on the rise. They've done it before. I mean, they had the the miracle season, but it would be amazing to see them get some more kind of trophies at the club, which they're not. It's not a miracle season. It's just genuine, good in out week in and week out performances. Yeah. Absolutely, and I feel I feel like they're, they're they're close to doing that. Yeah, they are. They are. I think there are a few little pieces away from definitely challenging that top four position. Um, I'd say the inclusion of Johnny Evans might have been a bit of a a panic buy. I don't think he's quite Premier League top four esque players. Yeah. However, he's a good fill in for this season. Uh, Cal Calgar. That's his first name for the centre back that I don't. I'm not going to try and pronounce the name of. He's a he's a good player. They've got very good wing backs in Ben Chilwell and uh, Ricardo Pereira. But both of those two again, some of the best full backs in the league. Ricardo Pereira is absolutely phenomenal. He's Brilliant rapid. Player. He's great with interceptions. Um, he's strong on the ball. He's, a, he's got a good tackle on him, and he could be one of the cornerstones for this Leicester team moving forward, along with Yuri Tillemans. Yeah, and uh, and maybe Wilfred Ndidi as well. They've got a serious test next week, Leicester. They've got a serious test. Indeed. So um, against Liverpool on the Saturday, it's going to be interesting. 
obviously Liverpool go into the game the favourites. Yeah, it's at it's at Anfield. I mean that again with that, that that only puts them in a higher position. But I mean that was that game against Sheffield again. There were a lot of questions there Indeed. to be asked. Yeah. So who knows? Leicester might be able to maybe go there and get some kind of result. On but, this on this string of form that Liverpool are in, I'm not too sure. Uh, however, Leicester are also in that string of form too. This is the first time we have faced someone. Uh, I mean, at the minute that are currently trying to get into the Champions League spots, yeah. as Leicester are having these past seven games. Um, but with, I still think they are missing those those little pieces. Yeah, that aren't quite on our caliber. Um, Liverpool, obviously, we've got a phenomenal front three that can tear apart Johnny Evans. And, uh, I mean, Chilwell, I don't think he's got quite the experience that that might be needed or the actual raw talent. He's a great player. Um, I'd still pretty much put him in an average if we were to if we were to put him in a carriage. But I mean, I mean right, right now, I mean, I, I'd probably say he's our best left-back for England. I, I'd, I'd say Chilwell's probably currently the best left-back. I'd say Chilwell probably short second. But I mean, I th- I feel like his experience thing is is it's only gonna gonna come more in, in into his, into his game. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's still he's still fairly fairly young. But I mean, I I, th- I think already just looking like a great player. But yeah, I mean that would be an, definitely a result to keep your eyes out for. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, all in all, I mean, I think Leicester are definitely a club on the rise. Absolutely. Um, and then you know we'll we'll, we'll just see what I mean if they can replicate this season. Uh, where they did win the Premier League um, and then we just look forward and sit back and, and watch really um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do yeah. this season and um, I'm sure all of you listening will actually uh, be interested as well especially if we've got some Leicester fans listening um, but yeah that's about wraps it up for this week uh, a bit of a shorter episode however uh, it's been an enjoyable one talking about Leicester City and whether they can actually get to the top again yeah um I think the verdict on that is they can, but they're amongst a group where they they all can. They yeah. all can make that leap. It's 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 just kind of the law of the top flight of the Premier League. I mean, it's always interesting. Absolutely. But uh, then again, we move on. Should we do a few predictions for next week? Indeed, we shall do the predictions. First one, I'm thinking uh, Tottenham Brighton. Tottenham versus Brighton. I reckon. I reckon that's going to be a Tottenham win. But again, this. Kind of run a form. They've been in a bit lackluster. I think it might be another scrape unless obviously Pochettino can kind of uh, hammer a few kind of lessons in 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 the dressing room. But I'm I'm going to put a two-one win on Tottenham for that one. Uh, I am going to. If it wasn't for Larice this week, they would not have conceded, um, and I would have got the prediction right. So I'd say Spurs to Brighton nil. Spurs to Brighton nil. Okay. Uh, Aston Villa Norwich. Aston Villa are a good team, but obviously they've got Norwich a good team at Puki. Yeah, both newly promoted. So this is the f- correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time two newly promoted sides have, have met each other yet? Uh, I believe, maybe, yeah, yeah, potentially. I believe so. Um, well, I mean that's going to be an interesting little run out. I mean, obviously, again, two clubs in who have had really good results at the start of the season. I feel like this is going to be a draw. I also do think that it will be a draw. I'm going to put 2-2 two, two on it. 2-2? Two, two. I was going to do that, but then I was like, no, I think I, I, I have McGinn and maybe Pookie or someone 
within the ranks of Norwich to score. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say one one. One one on that one. Watford Sheffield. Watford, I do see as potentially going down. Uh, they are they are candidates for the relegation zone. Sheffield United played out of their skin this week. They did, um, and I'm going to put them to win. Um, I'd say two nil. Two nil to Sheffield. I'll tell you what, to make things a bit interesting, I'm going to go on the other end. I'm going to say Watford. Really? Could, could try and get a result there. I'm going to say I'm going to say a one nil Watford win. Okay. Uh, Burnley Everton. Um, Burnley again. They came off uh, a reasonable, reasonably good weekend. Mm. Everton not so. Uh, the only positive they can really draw from is their only goal from Calvert Lewin. Yeah, again, it's just looking more and more worrying for Everton right now. I feel like against Burnley, maybe that's a club maybe at their kind of level. Maybe they might be able to get something from it. Yeah. Um, I don't see any goals coming from this game. You think it's going to be a nil-nil? Yeah. Um, I'd, you know, you know what? No, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's a draw again. I'm going to say one all. Okay. I'm going to say a one-one draw for that one. The big game of Liverpool Leicester, arguably the best game that we're going to see that weekend. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a very good weekend for 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 that game. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, Liverpool, we're just, I think we're in a run where I don't think we're about to get beat anytime soon. Um, even with Andrian in goal, we're only going to get stronger when Allison comes back. Um, we've got so much depth. I'm not sure. Um, can't see a loss there. No, I can't. I can't see it. No, I'm going to say. I mean, I, I said that last week about Sheffield, but I think it's going to be two nil. Two nil. I mean, to, to to Liverpool. Personally, for that one, I'm going to put I'm going to put three one Liverpool on it. Okay. I think Leicester are definitely going to get a goal. Oh, okay. But I'm going to put 3-1. Brilliant. Um, West Ham Palace. Uh, Two clubs again in good form. With Crystal Palace's run of form at the minute, I don't know whether they can keep it up. Okay. Um, West Ham have the talent to actually keep up. Um, you got Crystal Palace, obviously they've got um, Zaha, Jeffrey Schlott, Miljojevic. Uh, they got Van Aanholt, who's been playing really well, and their goalkeeper Guatta. Yeah. Um, but then obviously West Ham have made all these really good signings. You know, Allaire, Um They've got um, a really good strike force. Uh, they've got obviously, uh, you know, uh, Yarmolenko. Yeah. Uh, Felipe Anderson, Fredrickson, and Cresswell in defence. Um, Diop Fabianski's impressed a lot as well. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting game. Um, two clubs that are getting a similar level right now. If if you had to pick one to kind of edge them, I think it's gonna have to be a one nil to West Ham United. One nil to West Ham. Okay, I mean, for, I'm also gonna say a West Ham win. I'm gonna say two one. Okay. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think two one. I think it will be a late goal which decides it for for, for the Hammers. But you know, I'll, I'm gonna give it to West Ham. Cool. Southampton Chelsea. Southampton. Um, just again, a, a team recently just not been cutting it. No, I think Chelsea have actually started to show the form that we all didn't think they'd actually quite pick up. Yeah, um, they are doing rather well against the small teams. Yeah, and I would put Southampton in a relegation candidate type of position. I think I'd agree with that. Um, and especially with Mason Mount, they've got William still, Tammy Abraham still performing. Um, 
Based on some of these outings, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to put four 0 Chelsea down. I am going to put um, because I t- Southampton do have a tendency to score goals. Uh, I'm going to put three one to Chelsea. Three one. Man City Wolves again another candidate for game of the weekend. You obviously got Liverpool Leicester City and then Man City Wolves. What a game that's going to be potentially because yeah. Wolves that we what we mentioned earlier against the top six they have a tendency to come out the cage a bit more. Um, Manchester City do have a, a, a problem with with dealing with Wolves. I mean, with Wolves' formation, yeah, they tend to put five at the back. Mm. Um, and Man City, I can see finding it hard to break down that Wolves defense. It'll be interesting to see in the mind of Pep this week to kind of think about like, to get in his head and yeah. see what they're going to do this week to try and counteract that threat from Wolves. Uh, I I believe it's going to be the the week of the Wolves. Mm. I think Diogo uh, and and Jimenez um, are gonna are gonna come through. I reckon they're gonna the uh, they're gonna win two one. I'm predict wow. I'm predicting they're gonna win two one. Okay. Because of the breaking down of the five man defence that Wolves have. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be very easy. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna put that down as a one 0 win to City. I think this is gonna be a tough game. And like you said, breaking down that defence, that's gonna be the, the, the difficulty yeah. there. So I'm gonna say City are gonna do it just because it, uh, of the calibre of the team, but it's gonna be one 0 It's not gonna be pretty football being played. No, but it's no, gonna absolutely. be it's gonna be a, an interesting watch. They're gonna have to fight for that win. Definitely. Um, Arsenal, Bournemouth. Um, Arsenal coming off the back of the draw of United. Bournemouth coming off the back of a win. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, well, no, actually, Stan Crow said it was a draw. It was a draw, yeah. It was a draw. So, but, well, both clubs coming off the back of draws. I mean, that's going to be an interesting. Uh, Arsenal, I think, carry the more momentum, being a big club, well-ish club yeah. of Man United. <laughs> uh, but I think the raw dominance of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is gonna show. Um, hopefully, Nicola Pepe can show start showing a run of form. We're only seven games in. Yeah, it, there is time for him. See, the pre- so. Premier League fans are very unrelenting. So, I mean, for his sake, I mean, a goal against Bournemouth would do brilliantly for him. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I think this might be another sort of high scoring game. Uh, I've gone three two to Arsenal. Three two to uh, Arsenal because obviously with. Bournemouth have got Callum Wilson who yeah. doesn't stop scoring um, and players like Ryan Fraser uh, Harry Wilson Solanke yeah. um, and Lerma they, all, all of them are, are willing to get on the goal sheet I feel like that Arsenal defence is going to be what lets them down in this game so exactly. again I, I, I think I'd take your bet saying a high scoring I'm going to put 3-1 on it Okay, I'm going to say Arsenal are going to be a, a bit more of a dominant side but it's going to be hard to deny Wilson or yeah. King and getting a goal and then finally, the last game of the weekend, uh, Manchester United versus Newcastle. Now, I did this last week. Uh, I went with I went with heart over mind with uh, with Newcastle. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like the recent results of United. I mean, a win has to come. Otherwise, it's it's it really is just the end of days. Indeed. So, I, I uh, mean, it's straight away, I'm putting two 0 United on this one because not not. Because I have to. Yeah. I have to start seeing that these guys turn up. I mean, it's I, getting frustrating. I can't not see it uh, going going the way of, of United. David Chain, if you're watching, I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to have to be Man, Man United 2, uh, Newcastle nil. There we go then. There we go. So that is the uh, the predictions for next week. Indeed. Thank you very much for, for, uh, for listening to today's podcast. Uh, 
if you've got any suggestions for the hype train or if you are a supporter of a club in the Premier League, feel free to let us know and we could potentially get you on the show. Um, and yeah, hopefully you you enjoy. Have a great week. Enjoy the weekend of football. It's going to be a good one. Uh, keep up to your predictions. Let us know what you think is going to happen. And yeah, I have been Reese. Yeah, and I've been Joe. And yeah, we, we shall see you next week. Yeah.